A historic inn in a remote, beautiful location is claimed to be not only the oldest pub in Wales, but the most haunted. This building is said to have been where 182 men, women and children were trialled and sentenced to death, and their execution was carried out right here, within these centuries-old stone walls. There was all manner of paranormal phenomena reported here, attributed to a friendly former barmaid who can be found in one of the bedrooms, a helpful vicar, then there are the more sinister phantoms of a judge and a hangman, and that's just for starters. So tonight, join me as we visit Wales and sample the spirits on offer at the Skirred Inn. Welcome to episode 32 of How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the most haunted places on planet Earth. I'm Rob Kirkup, author, paranormal historian and ghost hunter from the northeast of England. Allow me to be your guide as we dare to investigate in depth the often dark and troubled history of each location. And of course, the chilling tales of the ghosts that reside within. This week we head to Abergavenny, the gateway to Wales, and ask, just how haunted is the Skirred Inn? Listener discretion is advised, as each episode of How Haunted will feature gruesome tales, horrific happenings, bloody murder, and ghosts. So many ghosts. Listen on if you dare. The Skirred Inn claims to be one of the oldest pubs in all of Wales, set to date back to the 12th century. Those ancient stone walls and wooden beams within the Charmin Inn are steeped in history and legend. The pub is on the eastern edge of the Black Mountains, in the Brecon Beacons National Park. It's around five miles north of the market town of Abergavenny. Abergavenny itself is only six miles away from the border with England. The Skirred Inn is named for the Skirred Mountain that it looks out onto to the east, 
and it was known as the Skirid Mountain Inn for centuries. It is situated in a stunning area surrounded by mountains, with the valleys of the River Usk, the River Wye and the River Mono all passing nearby. The name Skirid is from the Welsh word for shiver. The legend of the Shivering Mountain says that 2,000 years ago following the death of the crucified Jesus Christ, the mountain itself showed its anger, shuddering, shivering and breaking into two, creating the Great Shiver and the Little Shiver. Some versions of the tale says that it was a bolt of lightning that struck the mountain at the moment Jesus died, splitting it in two. Another story that claims to explain the landslip on the mountain is that of Jack O'Kent, a wizard who caused the landslip when he leapt from the Sugarloaf, which is a nearby hill, onto the Skirid. Jack O'Kent appears in a number of local legends in and around the area, with many of them seeing him outwit the devil. Another legend which does connect the devil to the Skirid Inn tells the tale of Satan and the Archangel Michael, causing the noticeable slip in the mountain rock. Satan attempted to turn Michael to the dark side, but he refused to be swayed from doing good. Satan was furious and stomped on the mountain, which caused the gap in the traditional mountain shape. This can be seen in photos of the Skirid Mountain over on the Instagram now at How Haunted Pod. It was also known as the Holy Mountain, and a medieval chapel was built near the summit dedicated to St Michael. Every Michaelmas Eve, locals would climb the mountain on pilgrimage to gather a handful of soil. They would scatter this over their fields, hoping that it would help with their harvest. They would scatter it over themselves and over their loved ones, and over the coffins of their dearly departed. They would also scatter it within the foundation of newly built churches. Large numbers of worked flints were found on the slopes of the Skirid, lending itself to the theory that the area was used for hunting in Mesolithic times, which dates back to 10,000 BC. There was also the ruin of an Iron Age fort at the summit. There are many pubs in Wales that claim to be the oldest in the country, such as the Blue Anchor in Aberthaw, and the Marenger in Newport, and of course, the Skirid Inn. However, it appears unlikely that the Grade 2 listed inn dates back to anywhere even close to the 1110 date which is often mooted as being the first time the inn was recorded. When the Glamorgan Gwent Archaeological Trust conducted a study of the Skirid Inn, they concluded that the building is mainly mid to late 17th century construction, with 19th century amendments to the frontage. And no trace of the building predates this. The Welsh Historic Monuments Authority agree that the building is no older than the 17th century, the earliest date appears to be around 1640. Interestingly, the door, which is original to the building, and it's been said as being carbon dated, is believed to be around 1500 years old. It's unclear whether this is true, and if it is, no one seems to know where the wood came from or what it was used for before becoming the entrance to this charming inn. There is a theory, although there's no historical evidence to verify it, that the inn stands upon the site of an older inn, and it may be that it was this earlier inn that was mentioned in 1110. Perhaps the door was part of this older building. It was said to be situated upon a pilgrim trail that led to Lanthony Priory, which itself dates to around 1100. As well as the age of the Skirid Inn, 
There are a number of other unsubstantiated legends and tales that are regularly written about the old inn. So much so that they are often stated as fact, when we don't know truly if this is the case. A popular legend is that the Skirret Inn played a part in the Glindu rising against the rule of King Henry IV. The uprising being led by Owain Glindu, who was a Welsh leader, soldier and military commander. He led a 15-year-long Welsh War of Independence which began in 1400, with the aim of ending English rule in Wales. He is said to have personally rallied his troops in the cobbled courtyard right here. Presumably the courtyard belonged to the previous inn, in readiness to march upon a village in South Herefordshire, just half a mile across the English border. Owen Glindu is a legendary figure in Welsh history, on a par with the reverence in which the English hold King Arthur. Unquestionably the best-known claim is that the Skirret Inn was once used as a court of law. Trials took place at the inn, and the death penalty was not only handed out, but the execution took place right here within these walls. 182 convicted men, women and children were hung by their necks until dead. The last of these had committed the crime of stealing a sheep. The rope that was used to put these condemned souls to death has left its mark on an oak beam over the staircase from which it hung. Today, where can be seen on the wood from the rope rubbing up against the grain as those 182 people thrashed in vain, desperately trying to fight their inevitable end. The period in which this is said to have occurred varies from source to source, but most commonly we're told that this was the late 17th century. There is a much-repeated fact that documentation tells us that local brothers James and John Crowther were tried and sentenced at the inn in 1110. James got nine months for robbery with violence, whereas John's sheep-stealing activities cost him his life. From my research, it appears that there's no documentation whatsoever to back this up, and it appears almost certainly another of the myths, or dare I say inaccuracies, in the history of the Skirred Inn. It's claimed that two of the bedrooms that now exist on the first floor were once the courtroom, and a storage cupboard was once the holding cell. There is a claim, which again appears to be without evidence, that the infamous Judge George Jeffreys, known as the Hanging Judge, proceeded over the trials here. It's written that he was particularly cruel. However, the best-known period of his career was in the aftermath of the Monmouth Rebellion in 1685, and the punishment for treason was death. So he was merely applying the law, as unthinkable as a death sentence may seem nowadays. It's highly unlikely that Judge Jeffreys was ever here, as despite being Welsh, having been born in Wrexham in 1645, as far as we know, he spent all of his later career in England before dying, aged only 43, while imprisoned at the Tower of London in 1689. The building is steeped in superstition, and certain customs have been passed down from landlord to landlord of the Skirret Inn. These include the Devil's Cup, a two-handled cup with pride of place on its own shelf above the fireplace. Every night it's filled for the devil himself and left outside on the doorstep. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. 
Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. In the 1940s, there was a prisoner of war camp opposite the inn. This is where the prisoners would work the land to help grow food. They would work six and a half days a week, and they would even be paid for their work at a rate of one penny an hour. Following the war, many of the German prisoners of war chose to stay in Britain, rather than return to their war-ravaged homeland. One of these was Heinz Richard Ahrens. He was born in Hamburg in 1926. He came to Wales as a prisoner of war in 1944, and he was released in 1948, three years after the war ended. He then joined Britain's Territorial Army and attended Usk College. In 1949, he married Vera Grace Jones of Abergavenny, who he met when she was in the Women's Land Army. They had seven children together. Today the Skirred Inn is a popular local pub, offering good pub food, a wide selection of drinks, and three rooms bookable for an overnight stay for those visiting the Brecon Beacons in a need of accommodation. Then there's the ghosts. The ghosts that the inn has earned a worldwide reputation for in more recent years. The inn was the focus of an episode of the second series of Most Haunted in 2003, and the first series of ITV's Extreme Ghost Stories in 2006. The inn offers its very own paranormal investigations, and there are many who believe this to be one of the most haunted places in all of Britain. Room 2 is said to be the most active room, and this activity is largely blamed on former barmaid Fanny Price, who worked at the Skirret Inn until she died of consumption in 1875, aged only 35. Her grave can be found in the nearby village churchyard. There are some infrequent reports of guests claiming to actually see the ghostly form of the young woman, and as we'll find out later on, she may have even been photographed. The most common phenomena connected to her is that the room suddenly turns icy cold, even on the warmest summer's day. A rocking chair in the corner starts gently rocking all on its own, and then the room is filled with the unmistakable smell of lavender, the distinctive smell of fanny. On occasion, visitors have reported feeling dizzy or lightheaded following an encounter with Fanny. She appears to be a totally benign spirit, simply wanting to let guests know that she is still around. But, on one occasion a guest did have an absolutely terrifying encounter while taking a bath. The young woman raced into the bar wearing nothing but a coat. Her hair was soaking wet, she was clearly in a state of shock. And she shouted to anyone listening, she tried to kill me, she tried to kill me. When she calmed down a little she managed to explain that she'd been washing her hair 
when she'd been pushed down beneath the water's surface by what she believed to be a woman and held under the water. It was over thankfully as quickly as it began, but the terrified guest didn't hang around. She got out of there and nobody can blame her. Sadly no one at the Skiridin has been able to contact her ever since to get more information about this astounding, yet horrifying encounter. It appears unlikely that it was Fanny who tried to drown the young woman, so which of the cast of those who roamed the Skirret Inn could it have been? The staircase is dominated by the noose dangling there today, as some believe it would have done in the early days of the inn, when 182 people died at the end of the hangman's rope, and this area is believed to be the haunt of one of those executed here, a man who exudes sadness and melancholy. He is said to be John Crowther, one of the two brothers believed to be tried for stealing sheep way back in 1110. But as we've already explored, this connection seems very unlikely. But that's not to say that he isn't the restless spirit of one of the many others who may have been hung here. Father Henry Vaughan, who died in 1762, was a local vicar, and he is said to roam the downstairs area of the building, including the bar. It's believed that he's a very friendly phantom, and he continues to help and spread joy where he can, and death as he did in life. A judge, some say Judge George Jeffries, is said to have been seen in the upper levels of the inn, and those who have claimed to witness him have said that they felt as though they were in the presence of something evil. The judge isn't the only malevolent spectre believed to remain here, as it's been written that a former hangman lurks in the bedrooms, especially rooms two and three and at the top of the staircase. Those who've seen him have reported a very tall, black, shadowy figure. The reason that this phantom is connected to a hangman is due to a psychic who visited in 2007 and claimed to make contact with the hangman, who she said was called Edward, or Edwards. She was unable to establish whether this was a first name or a surname. He's been blamed for one of the scarier happenings at the Skirret Inn. On occasion... Visitors have become overcome by dizziness when climbing the staircase, especially when nearing the top, and some, terrifyingly, have felt as though they're being choked, later developing bruising, which looks like it could be a rope burn around their neck. A white lady has been seen in the courtyard. Her identity is unknown, and some have claimed to see, or hear, soldiers in the courtyard area where Owen Glindu rallied his troops over 600 years ago. Polargeist activity is infrequent, but glasses have been thrown across the room to the astonishment of anyone present at the time. Doors slam, and tables and chairs have moved across the floor noisily all on their own. Disembodied footsteps, whispering, and what has been described as cackling laughter are heard all too often. In October 2019, the owner, Jeff Fiddler, spoke with the Guardian newspaper about what he has experienced since taking over the pub with his wife Sharon in 2005. He said, During the 14 years we've been here, I've experienced my fair share of unexplained phenomena. On our first night in the inn, before we'd even taken over, we were sleeping in a big four-poster bed when Sharon complained of something tugging on her leg. It happened several times during the night and we had to keep turning the lights on. Of course there was nothing there, but we barely slept. Later, we learned that the relatives of people who were slow to die during a hanging would yank on their loved one's legs to end their suffering. I was quite shaken by that. 
Not long after that, my young grandson went to the toilet and came back complaining. The man in the long dress won't let me in. There was nobody else in the place at the time. Even Sharon was out. Brave man that I am, I made him hang on until she came back. I've only once seen a full figure. A coachman-like character in a tricorn hat standing in the porch in broad daylight. He caught my eye for a second or two, then he was gone. That was about eight years ago. And since then I've sometimes thought, did I really see that? Obviously it would be great for business if I kept coming out with these stories, but I do question everything. The pub attracts a lot of psychics, paranormal investigators and TV crews. I've seen a few dodgy spiritualists over the years, but the ones who genuinely seem to believe in what they're doing and don't take themselves too seriously are always welcome. Our bar regulars get on well with the visitors, they love showing them around and telling them their own uncanny stories. Most of the staff have had strange encounters too. We've had glasses and customers change flying off the bar, unexplained cold spots in the room, and one young woman who said an unseen presence whispered, then roared in her ear. In July 2013, 25-year-old Kayleigh O'Leary captured a photo which made its way onto the pages of the South Wales Argus newspaper. It was a photo which caused a lot of discussion, with some adamant that it was quite clearly a ghost, and some who dismissed it immediately. The article was entitled, Does Reader Picture Capture Ghostly Apparition in Abergavenny Skirred Inn? It explained, Reader, Kayleigh O'Leary, 25, sent in this image that she captured at Abergavenny Skirred Inn, but is it a ghostly apparition, or merely a trick of the light? Miss O'Leary from Caerphilly took the photo with her Canon 1100D SLR camera after 2am on June the 28th in a pub, which claims it is haunted by the ghost of a former worker called Fanny Price. An archaeology graduate, she said, It's really weird. I went along because I like history, so I wanted to be in the building. I didn't really sense anything, I was really calm. Miss O'Leary said, It's all a bit strange. I can't explain the photo. What looks like the arm sticks out, so it can't be a reflection of the door. I don't think it's a fault with the camera. The photo is over on the Instagram at How Haunted Pod for you to make your own mind up. In 2021 I spoke to Brian Evans, a proud Welshman from Cardiff less than an hour's drive away from the Skirred Inn, and he attended an overnight paranormal investigation at the inn a few years earlier, and he told me all about what had lay in store for him and what proved to be a night he would never forget. We all met at the Skirred Inn at 8pm. I was with my girlfriend who had bought us two tickets to join one of the paranormal event companies tonight. It was still quite late, and we chatted to complete strangers as we all waited for it to begin. Everyone was really chatty, I think a lot of it was nerves. I'd certainly never done anything like this before. Emily and I had watched programmes like Most Haunted and Ghost Adventures, but we'd never put ourselves in this kind of situation before. Our hosts introduced themselves and told us what lay in store. We'd be there until around 3am, so we had about 7 hours together. There were 15 of us in total, 13 mostly first time ghost hunters, there were 3 lads from Bristol who said they'd done a couple before, and our two hosts for the evening. We were given a tour of the building and told about some of the history such as the hangings that took place here. A group of girls who had booked to come along for one of their birthdays dared each other to touch the rope hanging from the beam. The first few hours passed by pretty quietly. 
but at around midnight I was in room 3, which is a pretty small bedroom. So there was only me, Emily, and a girl called Sarah in there who'd came along for the night on her own. We were all sat on the bed and I called out, just like I'd seen on the TV shows, for anyone with us to let us know. Nothing happened. But as the three of us chatted, I noticed that it suddenly seemed much darker in the room. It was pitch black to begin with, so I know that sounds stupid, but then Sarah mentioned it too. Emily suggested that I put a torch on. I did. I think we all felt a little bit better with the light that the torch gave us. We continued to chat, and as we chatted, I noticed that suddenly I could see Emily's breath in the torchlight, which I'd not been able to see a moment or two earlier. This meant that the temperature must have suddenly dropped. I felt like we weren't alone. I know that sounds stupid, and I was definitely just a bit freaked out or even scared, but I didn't like it. And at that moment I wished that Emily had bought me a gift voucher or taken me out for a meal or something for my birthday instead. Out of the corner of my eye in the beam of the torch, I thought I saw something move. Again, most likely just my imagination. I opened my mouth to tell the others, but as I did, Sarah fell off the bed and landed on the floor in a heap. This made me jump and it made Emily scream. I quickly went over to see if she was okay. She didn't move for a moment or two, she just lay there. But then she seemed to wake up or come to. And she sat up and looked around. I said, are you okay? At this moment the door burst open, and one of our two hosts rushed in as they had heard Emily scream. Sarah was fine, she'd fainted, and thankfully hadn't hurt herself when she hit the floor. She was taken to the safe area, and once she'd had a drink of water she explained what had happened. She'd been chatting to Emily and I, and was turned to face us. But when she looked away she suddenly saw a pair of eyes right in front of her face, staring into her eyes. She was paralysed by fear, the most frightened she'd ever been in her entire life. Then the eyes slowly backed away from her, and she could see that it was the figure of a man. Then she passed out. She was very shaken, and she made it very clear that she didn't want to go back in that room. She said out loud that it might just have been her imagining things. But then I spoke up and said that just before she fainted, I saw a figure move across the room. This seemed like more than just a coincidence. I'm convinced we both saw a ghost. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at at HowHauntedPod or over on Instagram at HowHauntedPod where you will see photos galore relating to the Skirred Inn. If you want to get in touch, you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com or you can email me directly at rob at how-haunted.com Feedback, location suggestions and your own experiences are all more than welcome. Feel free to ask me any questions you like and I'll answer them all on a dedicated Q&A episode. If you'd like to support the show and get early access to episodes you can join the Patreon for less than the price of a pint. You'll also get access to exclusive episodes where you'll join me on an actual paranormal investigation and you'll hear the audio as it happened. The seven episodes of this nature are waiting for you right now. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash howhauntedpod to find out more. If you aren't a fan of Patreon or perhaps would prefer to make a one-off donation to the podcast 
why not donate £2 to buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash howhauntedpod. All the information on how you can support How Haunted is in the podcast description and over on the website. If you've enjoyed this episode, if enjoy is the right word, then please subscribe and review the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. It really does help other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, we spend some time at a 19th century orphanage, which would later become a hospital and then a lunatic asylum. From the day this building was constructed, it has seen all manner of cruelty, suffering and death. Children were punished by being locked inside cupboards, and on one occasion a young boy was forgotten about and died. Today knocking, screaming and crying is heard coming from within those empty cupboards in this area which is called the Naughty Boys Corridor. This long abandoned building today has sent visitors screaming, fearing for their lives, as it has garnered a reputation for being one of the scariest places in all of the UK. But just how active is it? Let's find out together next week, when we spend some time in Liverpool and investigate Newsham Park Hospital. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again. Stay safe, and join me next time when we will once again ask the question, How Haunted? How Haunted?